You are worthy of all, Father God. You're worthy of all praise and all glory. We want our praise and our worship to be lifted and be a sweet aroma to you. We thank you for absolutely everything that you've blessed us with, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to meet here today as a family to learn more about you so we can search our hearts and find more of you in everything that we do, Lord. We love you. We thank you for everything. And we say these things in your son's precious and holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, we have a burner of a message today. <laughs> you are about to be blessed. Uh, I want to introduce you. We are blessed as a church, first off, uh, to be part of the Gateway Network. Um, they've uh, provided us one of their top performers <laughs> today, all-star. Um, a little bit about him, a little background. At 16 years old, he came to Christ, and that's when he uh, found his purpose. God showed him real quick what his plans were for his life and laid it out in front of him uh, at 16. And through hard work and uh, God-given talent and blood, sweat, and tears, he uh, achieved an athletic scholarship through the University of Delaware and played football, uh, earned several degrees, uh, which turned into a career in the NFL. So he played in the NFL, and uh, due to uh, circumstances placed, and he'll be speaking on that in his life, uh, his course got directed, redirected, but for the better, and he chose ministry. He chose to uh, seek the Lord and uh, seek kingdom first and went into ministry full-time. Uh, now he is the founder and CEO of uh, Inspiring with Purpose, and uh, we are so pleased to introduce to you Pastor Mondo Davis. So give him a hand. I need to add one more thing. Of all those accolades that we just went over, the thing he's most proud of, I guarantee you, is his lovely wife, Lisa, and him have 10 kids. <laughs> so I did say that right, 10. So uh, I told him earlier, I said, I might need to call Roger Goodell and try to get a new uh, football team going <laughs> or reach out to the Pope and get, get him and his wife canonized as saints because I don't know how they do it with 10 kids. Thank you so much, Brad. Uh, I am so honored to be here with you, Sand Springs Church. Can we give God some praise for what he is doing? Come on, y'all can do better than that. Come on, we can do better than that. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. So excited about your pastor, Pastor Eric. I was just thinking about his pictures and some of his messages when I was preparing for our time, and I thought, man, there's, there's two types of heads. You have those that are bald and beautiful and those that are covered with hair. <laughs> I only say that because mine started receding and I had to just let it go. You know what I mean? I had to let it go. But I'm so excited to be here with you at Sand Springs Church. I am honored because God is doing something, and I have a word for you that I believe is going to leave you encouraged as you leave today to run into the destiny that God has for you and to win in every season of life. Are you ready? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Woo! Your staff, your team here is amazing. So honored to be here. I believe that God wants to do something incredible. Thank God for the healing that took place in your pastor. They're celebrating in Israel right now. Let's just honor them. Let's just honor what God has done in him to be able to take this trip. Thank you, Lord. And I do understand that you guys are going to take some territory. I believe it, it, it directly correlates to everything that God has put in my heart to share with you today. 
And as you guys expand the ministry here, as you expand the territory, I believe that you're going to be encouraged with some tools to help you despite the challenges that may or may not come so that you can persevere into what God has for you. Are you ready, y'all? Come on, y'all can do better than that. Are you ready? We're going to have some fun. Woo! I will tell you this. My wife sends her regards. We have nine other children at home, and she is holding the fort down. She sends her love to you. And she says she loves you. She's here. I do have my oldest son, Mondo, with me right here on the front row. Let's give a big shout-out to my son, Mondo. Woo. He got all my hair when he was born. He got all my hair. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Father, we thank you for this time, and we submit it to you. Teach us how to break through. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and all of his children said, amen. amen. We're going to talk about the visor cycle of success. I need you to talk to me. What is a visor for? Black the sun. Why is that important? Because if you have your vision on something, but there's something impeding on your vision, it hinders your progress in achieving that particular goal. So I'm sitting at my desk one day and I'm asking God about this process. I'm like, Lord, you, you, you've done so much in my life, but yet I find that I'm not achieving the goals and the things you put in my heart as efficiently as I would like to. I need your help on how to break through. And boom, I immediately have this vision of a man standing on a mountain looking at another mountain. And as he's looking at another, another mountain, he sees the summit of where he wants to go. And God is saying, Mondo, this is you. I want you to visualize this. I'm going to give you a formula right here. It all starts in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And we're going to lay that, top, we're going to lay that scripture on top of this particular acronym. And when you apply this in your life, you're going to experience breakthrough. You're going to see that you're a winner despite the fact that you may feel like you're losing. And when you apply these principles, you'll find yourself in a process of winning in every season of life. Anybody interested in that today? Yeah. Awesome. So let's read this scripture in Genesis 1:28. It says, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. See, we understand the Ten Commandments, but sometimes we forget about the first command. How many know that God has never lost a battle? Not once. Even when it looked like he was losing, he was still winning. How many know that you have his DNA? You have his blood running through your veins. How many know that you look just like your daddy? How many know you look good? Some of y'all looking confused. You might need some help. Okay, I want you to turn to your neighbor right now, and I want you to look at him and say, you look good. Tell, tell her. Go ahead, tell her. Yeah. Look at the other one and say, you're okay too. <laughs> now, if you're not married, don't get, too, don't get too fresh, all right? All right. Watch out now. The first step, everybody say Vision. So when you think about this process, it's a five-step process. If you're taking notes, I want you to take notes in your phone. I want you to write this down on a piece of paper, whatever you have to take notes on. Because I don't want you to forget this. This can change your life. And the things that have been bothering you, the things that have been holding you back, the things that have been creeping up in the dark, tinkering with your emotions to make you feel like you're not worthy enough, will be blown to smithereens when you apply this in your life. Vision. Step number one. Now, we're going to have some fun with this word. There's a Hebrew pronunciation of this, and the word is kazon. Kazon. Now, I said that in an Americanized fashion, but I want us to have a little fun with this and say it like it's supposed to be pronounced in Hebrew. That's the word. <sighs> I didn't even finish. Y'all didn't even let me finish. Let a brother finish. You know what I'm saying? 
We're going to have some fun. I want you to do it with me. Do not turn to your neighbor when you do this, okay? Because we might have a fist fight in church, and we don't want that. Look straight ahead like you're going to hawk a loogie. Chazon. That's the Hebrew word vision. That word chazon literally means to see the end from the beginning. So think about this. God, when he created you, he had a vision from the very beginning, but he saw the end. And he's destined for you to be here on the earth during this time, in this season, with everything that's happening, because you were born with a solution to someone else's problem. Whether you believe it or not, and when we step into that solution individually, collectively, we can change the world. So here it is, vision. I'm going to lay this on top of a biblical character that most of us should be familiar with, because... He walked through this exact process that we're going to talk about during our time today. And we're going to see how God blessed him despite the circumstances that he went through so that he can break through into everything that God had for him for the glory of God and for the kingdom of heaven to be expanded on the earth. What is the vision that God has placed inside of you to be fruitful? Let's look at the life of Joseph as we lay this concept on top of this particular structure so that we can see how we can apply it in our life. Genesis 37 verse 5. Now Joseph had a dream. In other words, Joseph had a cozone. He had a vision. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And he said to them, hear this dream that I've dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheep arose and stood upright. Behold, your sheaves gathered around and then bowed down to my sheep. Genesis 37, 9, he had a second dream. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, behold, I have dreamed another dream. In other words, I had another vision. And behold, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars are bowing down to me. In other words, I had a dream that I was leading, that I was a governor, that I was ruling over things. I was taking dominion. I had a vision. Somebody say vision. vision. What is the vision that God's placed in your heart? What is the thing that he showed you? Thank you, Brad, for that introduction earlier. Uh, I had a dream when I was 16 years old after living uh, a sinful life, a sexually immoral life. I was sexually abused as a kid. And I didn't have any hope. And I wound up at a Bible study in this old beat-down building, probably 20 kids from high school in there. And little did that pastor know that he would preach a message, and my heart would start racing at the end of it to the point where I'm like, oh, my God, I have to do this. I have to walk up, and I have to give my life to the Lord, or else I may not be around. My best friend, one was Hispanic, the other one was white. We had all the colors of the rainbow right there. Gave the altar call, put one arm around the other, one head while he was praying, put the other arm around the other head while he was praying, <laughs> gave a little squeeze, and I was like, guys, we're getting saved today. Stood us all up, and we walked up, and we gave our lives to the Lord. And we huddled up just like we would on the football field, and we prayed, and we said, Lord, we're giving our hearts, we're giving our lives, we're giving everything to you. No more will we live in the darkness, but we're going to come in the light and live our lives for the Lord. And from that moment, man, God gave me this passion, this excitement for him, so much so that as a 16-year-old, I thought the ultimate thing was, I want to take my greatest dream, I want to take my greatest gift, my skills, my strengths, my abilities, and I want to use it for the glory of God. And the only thing I could think of in my 16-year-old mind with my pimple face and my awkward 14-size shoe walking around was, maybe I can use my athleticism to glorify God by going to the NFL and using that platform to make his name known all around the world. Little did I know that God had a different idea. Somebody say idea. Yeah. Ideation is phase number two. 
Little did Joseph know that God had an idea that wasn't necessarily a good idea, at least in his mind. Good ideas bring addition, and God's ideas bring multiplication. Genesis 37, 23, so when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe and the robe of many colors that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. Hmm, this is going to be awesome. Your sheep bowed down to my sheep. All the stars bowed down to me. Huh? Let's put this brother in the pit. This is not going to work. Um, God, I thought you were going to do this. This is a really good idea over here. God's like, no, I got a God idea. I'm going to do something different. The question is, do you trust me in the midst of the pain? See, that, that's an acronym. That word pain is an acronym. It means points at immediate needs. How many know that when we're working on something that God has told us to do, that God is working on something in us to break us through? See, this is a moment in time where he had no clue about what was happening, but God was at work despite how he felt. For me, when the dream came to pass after 10 years of blood, sweat, and tears, I found myself stepping into a stadium under the night lights, hearing the raving fans throughout the entire stadium. I'm standing here like, Lord, you did it. You got us here. This is amazing. I'm on the line. The whistle's blown. The ball's kicked. We're running down the field. Everything's exciting. The adrenaline's surging through my veins. Bam! Why, why is my knee swelling like the size of a tree trunk? Why, why can I not? I go back on the field. Line up on punt. The guy comes off the line, and I'm trying to, trying to guard him, and he, he puts a move on me, and I feel like my leg is like a wet noodle. Coach says, Mondo, come off the field. Come off the field. I'm good, coach. I got it. No, get off the field right now. They put me on a golf cart, take me to the training room, said, Mondo, we just did some tests on your knee. We got good news and bad news. Which one do you want first? I said, give me the bad news. Bad news is you tore your ACL. You're done at least 18 months. I said, well, what could possibly be good news after that? Good news is we still want you to be a New York Jet. So blood, sweat, tears, early mornings, late nights, surgery, ibuprofen, ice baths, back on the field 18 months later, and guess what happens? They move my position to safety from linebacker. Now I'm backing up. The ball snapped, and I go to break on a pass, and I step on the pylon. Pow! My ankle. I'm thinking, Lord, this is not a good idea. My ankle feels like the size of a tree trunk. And when I cut the spat off, this, when you tape your ankle, when I cut it off, my, my ankle, it literally did like that, literally. And that was the end of my career when my ankle was annihilated. But see, how many know that when God is at work, we can't lose? You remember the vision that I shared with you that I had as a 16-year-old kid, what I wanted to do for God? I go to a conference in Virginia Beach at the convention center. And how many know that God shows up when your heart is ready, despite what you're walking to? That leads us to the next, that leads us to the next step here. And I'm going to share with you what happened at this convention center. I want you to, everybody to say strategy. strategy. Say it a little bit better than that. Strategy. There we go. God has a strategy. And I want you to write this down or put this note in your phone because this is really important. God wants to fill the earth with what God has put on the inside of you. And when you're thinking about the vision that God has placed on the inside of your heart, if you're stuck and you're not getting the results you want, I want you to remember every goal that God has given you, write that goal down. But then next to that goal, I want you to write down the names of the people that you would run through a brick wall for. Who are the people that you would stand in front of a bullet for? 
write their names next to those goals, next to that vision. And when times get hard, I want you to think about how you achieving that goal for the glory of God will change their lives. When you do that, you're going to be unstoppable. Genesis 37, 23, or 37, 28. Then Midianite traders passed by and they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. And in verse 36, meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. See, God had a strategy that he was working out because he needed Joseph to be in a place where he would show up later to be a redemption for all of mankind. And when we have a vision from God and God gives us a God idea instead of a good idea, and then he gives a strategy that's in place and in motion, we got to trust him in the midst of the pain. Because that pain is pointing at an immediate need that God needs to work out inside of us so that we're prepared to handle the breakthrough that he's going to bring to us. So with this, I found myself at this convention center. And I'm thinking, God, I wanted to do this for you. It wasn't even really about me. It's about the people I love. And we step into this convention center and worship ends. Me and my friends are right here on the front row. We all have our hands lifted. And the pastor comes down just like this. He says, you, you four, I want you to come up on the platform. So we all come up. And then he puts us in a circle. And when we're in the circle, he's like, hey, what do you believe in God for? And I said, I believe in God to step into his perfect will for me and my family. He says, today your prayer has been answered. Takes me in the green room in the back of service, after service, and he says, the Lord told me to hire you. It's a worldwide evangelist. And I was like, what does that mean? He's like, next week I'm going to see Dr. Miles Monroe in the Bahamas, and I want you to come. And I prayed about it, talked to my pastor, talked to my wife. We felt like it was the Lord. I was on an airplane the next week. Fast forward 14 months later. This is something out of a movie, y'all. This really happened. I got the video footage to prove it. 14 months later, I'm, I've been in 30 countries around the entire world, helping people connect to their vision that God has for their life. That was my entry into ministry. That is not a good idea. That is a God idea. I couldn't have did that if I tried. But that's part of this process, right? It's understanding that God is at work behind the scenes with things we can't even see. So that thing that God put in your heart that you're afraid, man, I can't make this happen. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I want to encourage you that God is working behind the scenes and he's setting things up. He's moving chess pieces that you don't even know exist. Y'all know he's never lost a game of chess before. He's the ultimate chess player. Checkmate. He is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and the God of all gods. Yes. Amen? Amen? See, this is what happens. Once we do that and recognize this strategy of thinking about the people's lives that will change as a result of us being faithful and continuing in the vision that God has given us, it brings us to the place of now operating and executing what God has called us to do. Somebody say Operation. That's us stepping out and doing it just like Nike. Just do it. You may not have all the resources. You may not understand. You may not be equipped. You may not know what's next, but do it. Listen to the Lord and obey. And that's how you wind up stepping into the next season of what God has for you. Genesis 39, verse 2. This is how we subdue with what God has put on the inside of us. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. Somebody say successful. He was in the house of his Egyptian master, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. He was showing up with excellence in every season of his life. When he was working with his brothers and his dad on the farm, when he was put in a pit, 
and now he's serving as a slave. He continued to show up and allowed God to show off through him. Are you doing that in your life right now? Because God wants to use you. And the reason why you're going through the trials is because God is showing you off. Joseph didn't know that we will be talking about him today. He was just living a life of faith and trying to be faithful with what God put in his heart. They're no different from us in the Bible. They were walking by faith and living out the vision that God put on the inside of them. But how many know sometimes when that happens, the enemy wants to show up? See, that brother was killing it. He was so good, Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything. In fact, all he had to do was worry about what he was going to eat. Imagine having an employee working for you and all you have to do is think about what you're going to have for lunch. That's pretty exciting. So how many know it's his wife shows up, the enemy shows up. And as she knows, she's like, hey, lie with me. And for the sake of time, go back and read that story. And what does he do? He says no, he runs, she grabs his cloak, and then she goes and lies and says he tried to sleep with me. Potiphar puts him in prison. And for years, he's locked up in prison for something he didn't do. Has anyone ever blamed you for something you didn't do? You ever had to suffer betrayal for something that wasn't your fault? God sees it. But here's the key. For us to come through that season successfully, understand that even though Joseph was in the prison, he never let the prison on the inside of him. So we have to keep our hearts pure. we got to walk in forgiveness, and that is not optional. So if there's somebody that needs to be forgiven, go ahead and do it now. Forgive them right now and allow God to work out the details. Amen? Step number five, revision. Somebody say revision. revision. This means to visit the vision again because we're going to go through things in life, and sometimes it's easy to forget what God told us because we've been through so much. Revise and take dominion. That's what y'all are about to do with this new territory, this new property that you're getting. I'm so excited for Sand Springs because you guys are about to take dominion. But we got to remember to revisit the vision because things change. We learn, we grow, we develop. And in that process, we see ways we can do things better. And all the while, God is working out something in us so that we can work out something for the kingdom of God to be expanded here on the earth. Genesis 41.1, after two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. And behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump, and they fed in the reed grass. And behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly, thin cows ate up the seven attractive, plump cows, and Pharaoh awoke. So he has this dream, and he can't interpret it. And nobody around him can interpret it. In Genesis 41, 25, then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he's about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. And in Genesis 41, 37, it says, this proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? Yeah. He was so successful and so in tune with what the Lord was doing that Pharaoh, and earlier I said Potiphar twice, excuse me, I meant to say Pharaoh. He was so successful in that, 
that everyone recognized that gift. And when he told him there's going to be these seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine, he said, well, what's the, what's the strategy? Take one-fifth of everything that will be gained in the seven years of plenty and set it aside for the seven years of famine. That's what I would do. I would choose a man that can oversee that process. Now, just think about Pharaoh for a minute, listening to this, thinking, uh, what y'all think? Who can do that? Let's hire this brother to do it. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing, right? Who else can do it like that? Who else hears the Lord like that? Who else has vision like that? Ideas like that, a strategy like that, and can execute like that. Let's hire him. So now he goes from the prison where he was for years, still operating in excellence, still sharing his gifts, still being available to be used as the Lord leads him. And even though they forgot about him, the baker and the cupbearer, an opportunity arises. Just like me showing up at this conference, not knowing what was going to happen. And then going to, to date now, 40 countries around the world in 40 years. Had no clue that was going to happen, but I continued to show up where God told me to show up. With the vision still living in my heart, still alive. And when he shows up in this moment, he goes from being in the prison for something he did not do. Got him cleaned up, got him shaved, and now he has been put in position as the second in command over the most prosperous nation during that time. And at the age of 30 years old, his entire life changed. And he began to serve in that position decade after decade, decade after decade, decade after decade. And the vision that he originally had as a kid 17 years ago. Now, he's in position to see it come to pass, and he's living it out for 80 years, up till 110 years old, ruling as the second in command. How many know that when God is for you, nobody can be against you? And I want to encourage you today, Sand Springs Church, no matter what you're walking through right now, you may feel like you're going around and around in circles. You may be saying, well, Pastor Mondo, I understand. I got a vision, and I got a great idea from God, and I'm trying to walk through that idea. I'm in this place where I'm executing a strategy. I'm doing what he's told me to do, but things still don't come together the way I thought. I'm revisiting the vision. I'm looking for new ideas, and I just feel like we're on this, we're on this, we're on this uh, mountaintop going around and around and around. I think about it from God's perspective. What's happening? You're getting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter, and then boom, at some point, you're going to hit that bullseye. You don't know when it's going to happen, but God knows. And I want you to be encouraged today because despite the challenges that you've walked through, despite the things that you've experienced in your life, God is at work behind the scenes doing things that you can't even dream of. So you are in position right now. You showed up today to church. You're hungry. And I want you to know that God has got you in this process where he's refining you so that when you step into what God has called you to do, he can define you and the world can't take any credit for it. Come on, church. So no matter what your experience is right now, I want to give you just another perspective of this. We just looked at it from a topographical view in terms of God looking down at us going through this visor cycle of success. But I want you to think about the things in your life right now that God has shown you. Think about the plan that he's put in your heart. Think about the challenges that you've walked through. And I want you to know that God cares. He sees your pain. He's in the middle of your frustration, and he's saying, don't quit. Don't give up. I got you. I got you. 
when I was sad and depressed after transitioning out of the NFL, thinking, God, what, what happened? I was wanting to do this for you. I felt like he left me. God said, son, I've never left you. I'm sharpening you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. And little did I know I'd wind up experiencing what I experienced. And now for the last 15 years, I have the honor and the privilege of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to encourage his body to know that no matter what you're walking through right now, if you read the end of the book, in the end, we win. So right now, I just want you to just bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. As we prepare for the worship team to come on up, they're going to begin to minister. And as we think back on this, there was a process that Joseph had to go through. Over 10 years he spent walking through this process of being refined through God's idea, through the strategy that God had in place for him, through executing in difficult circumstances and difficult situations, and then revising that from the pit to the prison, and then finding himself in the palace. And I want you to know that no matter where you find yourself right now, no matter what the circumstance is, no matter how hard it may seem, God wants to breathe a fresh breath of his anointing into you and through you so you can experience a breakthrough. Whether it be relationally, whether it be financially, whether it be any area of your life, professionally, God wants to breathe into you today. And he wants to remind you that not only are you his son or his daughter, but he literally gave everything. His, his most precious prize, his son, he gave everything to gain your love and to put himself on the inside of you so that you would know that you have been set up for success from the very beginning. So don't run from the pain. None of us like it. It's not fun. But when we trust the Lord, we'll see his goodness on the other end of it. So right now, I just want to pray for you. I want you to ask, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? And whatever he's saying to you, I want you to do it. Because he's giving you a structure to help you locate where you are as you're walking through his cycle of success. So Father God, thank you so much for this amazing day. Thank you so much for this amazing opportunity that you've given us to reconnect with you, to get fresh vision, to see the end from the beginning, to, to get a cazone from you. Father, thank you for the God ideas in which you're able to see around corners that we can't see around. You're able to see things that we can't anticipate. You're able to defend and block things that are trying to take us off the path. Thank you, Lord, for your strategy. 
that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us the ability to execute, to operate according to your plan. And as you revise the process for us, Father, give us fresh perspective so that even as we're going up the mountain, even as we're going around and around and around, we understand what things we need to let go of. We understand that we'll have a new perspective. We understand that we'll be able to see things we couldn't see before and do things we couldn't do before. Give us your perspective and allow your name to be lifted up through our lives in such a way that you would be glorified. It's in the mighty and strong name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Pastor Mondo, a round of applause. It was amazing. We invite you to uh, take communion with us uh, as we before we do that, I just want to point out a couple of things. The analogy of a mountain is so, is so important. It's one of the studies that I went through this week, and uh, he's talking about the, to- the topographical view of a mountain as we wander that mountain on the way to that bullseye that God has planned for us. You know, the wanderings in the desert of the Israelis, when they were wandering around, you know, they were never promised comfort. They were promised cared for. You know, their shoes never wore out. Their clothes never tattered. They were always fed because they had faith that what was at the end of that. We just got to get used to when we face those mountains, before we get on that mountain and we start that trek, instead of telling God about that mountain, we need to tell that mountain about God. We need to speak over that mountain, and by faith, we'll we'll conquer that. So with that, I invite you, if you've given your life to Christ, to uh, take communion with us. Have these little cups at the top clear portion is what you're going to peel back first to uh, get to the bread. Otherwise, you're going to sling grape juice all over your neighbors. Father God, we thank you for your body that you gave up for us. You took all the shame and all the pain. You took our beating as they nailed you to that cross. You did that for us. And we thank you for that sacrifice. We say these things in your precious and holy name, in Jesus' name. Amen. In the blood. Power of the blood. Father God, we we thank you for making a way for us through Jesus. The the salvation and the saving blood. As it poured out of him and it covers us, allowing us a way to you. Jesus, we thank you for that sacrifice you made for us. We love you and we say these things in your name. In Jesus' name, amen.